Yeah, or if I see a sweet jaguar and I take a picture of it, I'll, I, I'll like literally text it to, to Larry, you know? Like, be like, hey, this one's pretty sweet. Hello, and welcome to The Shifty, the official podcast of Bell's Brewery. Every episode, we sit down with a member of the Bell's crew during their post-shift beer and figure out why they came to work today. I'm Maddie Paris. And I'm Nick Lancaster. And today, we're talking to Jay Gravenstuck, a land steward at Bell's. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, journey to start working with Bells and what happened there? Uh, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> as far back as you want to take it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I feel like all my experiences, like, it kind of culminated uh, in, in this role. Um, I grew up on a farm in Martin, about 20 minutes north of here. Um, I spent five years at a greenhouse. Um, and just so for timeline's sake... I started there when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> My grandma would pick me up from grade school and like take me there. Um, but it started as a summer job and then I just kind of stayed through high school. Um, and then uh, got into um, residential landscape construction and did that uh, for about 12 years or so. Um, spent a, a brief snippet of time at a nursery in Ann Arbor uh, a landscape nursery did a lot of tree planting and you know bulk deliveries and stuff like that and then um, kind of yeah ended up coming to Bell's as a facilities tech with a little bit of a slant to the outside back when global services uh, was still a thing and um, and started working for Jeff Carter as the that facilities tech and then um, you know, a couple of reorgs later, we had, you know, Evan Meffer, I was working under him, and then Walker Modic, and now with uh, Ralph Stocker in the projects and engineering department, um, and it's it's going really well so far. So your current career has been a kind of a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, kind of a long time coming, you know, like all these different things that I've done in the past, all just like really just kind of added up to this, where like, you know, I used to uh, do the landscape construction and then in the wintertime I'd plow snow or whatever and um, you know so I, I feel like I'm just kind of a well-rounded individual and you know a chameleon at times if I need to be but um, just can do a lot of things. I kind of like the idea of leading with the question of uh, why did you come to work today? Why did I come to work today? <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good question yeah like uh, you know I've got people plants uh, that rely on me to be there. Uh, you know, like if I don't show up, like things die and you know, the place starts to you know, deteriorate. You have and a big impact. Yeah. Like there's a kind of a big impact, I guess. Um, you know, not that like the world would crumble if I weren't there, but, uh, we don't know for sure though. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. We, we don't know. But yeah, we do, we do have a hop yard and it needs a lot of care. And, um, you know, it's been a huge help just having Bonnie this year like this is it's kind of the first spring that I've I've had a, a extra set of hands so that's okay. been huge it's great to be here because we take care of everything that is Bell's outside that's Bonnie Steinman one of the land stewards here at Bell's you know it's the opening it's like the gateway to the brewery and every entrance we take care of it and not, you know, and then the hop yard is just like a bonus. Okay. What uh, what is the backstory on the hop farm? 
So, uh, well, like, I guess back when Evan was running Global Services, um, you know, Larry wanted to get some, some hops in the ground. Or I, I say Larry, I don't know. I, I assume Larry, but could have been anybody. Some, someone up there. Somebody <laughs> wanted some, some hops on the grounds. And uh, so, like, Evan planted just, you know, a, a couple dozen plants. And, um, you know, we had some hops. We, we checked that box, you know. And then um, when I came on board, we kind of had a, a, a more conversation of like, yeah, we should do something with the, the old little hop spot there. Like, can you dress that up? And I'm like, well, like we, we, should, we should go a little bigger because I, I, I'm a big dreamer, you know? Like I got big <laughs> plans, big ideas. I got my agenda, right. you know, I want to push. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it'd be cool if we had enough that we could use for something. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of developed into like, well, like, how big do we go then and and that sort of thing um but it was fun that was kind of my first project was designing the hop yard and getting that oh, nice. installed and um uh worked really close with with bonnie at that time when she was with hophead farms um but <clears throat> the hop yard itself sits on uh, a portion of land that we have a geothermal field yeah you know and um so that was kind of unbuildable space right and as a landscaper, we're like, well, let's let's put in a hop garden, you know, in quotation marks there. And, <laughs> um, you know, so I had some conversations with Evan and, and Mallet and got in touch with Jeff and Bonnie at Hophead Farms and uh, kind of came up with that idea and pitched it and it flew. And uh, Larry, Larry liked the idea. And I think it's it's a good good thing. People, like employees love pulling in and seeing it, The right. you know, the tour people. It's very aesthetically pleasing, I've right. noticed. Like, sure. There have been some great like photos that I've seen of it, but it's like you walk out there and it's, I don't know, we we, we, uh, we shot a, a little video the other day for uh, a, a Two-Hearted and we had like John Mallet out there. Yep. And it, would, it was funny, every time we were trying to film the... Uh, the the hop, would they would like swing right in front of him whenever we <laughs> were trying to film him. But like I didn't, you know, you kind of you pull up and you don't really notice how massive it is, and then you walk out there and it's just like there's a ton of hops out there. Yep, yep, yeah. There's about twenty three hundred plants on the on that two acres, and um, so yeah, you've got double that on the number of knots I tie each spring for <laughs> the the ropes hanging down. Um, but yeah, trying to get my my clove hitch down to a science right. uh, with with both hands. But you know. So what goes into like the the, the planning of that, uh, like the hop field? Like what sort of technology do you have to use in order to like plan that stuff out? Is it like hand drawn like schematics almost, or is it like is there some sort of like computer program that you use that sort of lets you do that? I'm sure there are computer programs. I mean, I I just hand drew it, you know, on different scales and and tried to come up with something that worked. I mean, it's basically a square with a little knockout for the little tour pavilion that's there now. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I planned for that little tour pavilion that we right. put in this, this spring. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some, some more people using that space. And uh, eventually maybe we do something a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I, I basically just hand drew it and then started specking materials and all that sort of thing. Uh, I ended up putting in black locust poles they're they're untreated so there's no chemicals on those mm -hmm. they're just basically cut down trees nice yeah. um but they're su superior in rot resistance so oh, okay yeah that's kind of why they get used and they get used in smaller form for a lot of fence posts and it's kind of the old farmers farmers thing to 
use them for fence posts and put a rock on top. And when the rock falls off, you need to replace your fence <laughs> post. How, uh, how big of a deal is being sustainable to the work that you do? Um, like I would say like it, it, it's a big impact. Um, so basically like the, uh, you know, the design of the landscape uh, around the brewery is somewhat dictated by the engineering that has to take place for parking lots and roads and, and the building itself. So we have to have drains in certain areas and, and uh, this, that, and the other thing with that. But the landscape itself, um, you know, we're a brewery. We use a lot of water. Right. Like, um, but we don't want to use any more than we have to. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that goes into our beer. Right. Our, 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 um, it fits with all that. You right. Know? Yeah. We want to reduce that. And it, in the landscape, it's the same way. Like, I did a case study of, like, if we did have your typical sports turf grass um, or just a a turf grass that needs high maintenance. Um, You know, grass is is typically your highest maintenance perennial in any landscape. You know, when you think about where you spend your time, you mow your lawn once a week, but how often do you trim your shrubs? Right. Um, So there's kind of that. But, like, I did this case study, and, like, we would be using – four million more gallons of water a year if we had irrigated turf that was, you know, required the high maintenance. It's incredible. Yeah. And like, it's just like, we don't need to do that. And (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want, you know, like, I don't want to be like a slave to that, I guess. It's a waste of time and resources. Absolutely. And, and like, I guess like to me, like that's kind of where the, like the land steward, uh, part fits because like the steward you're you're a steward of the land but you're a steward of the resources of the company as well and like we don't need to waste money and we don't need to waste resources like water oh exactly uh what are you drinking two-hearted two-hearted classic yes yeah i uh i kind of froze up there for a second i've been drinking a lot of the uh <laughs> larry's latest ipa super, oh, it's so good super delicious of course and I was just having a conversation with Drew, um, the land stewardship intern, and she's like, oh, I really like, you know, the darker rears or, you know, like the ambers. And uh, I was like, man, I do not drink enough amber. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to get an amber and kind of wanted Larry's latest, but when in doubt, there's two-hearted and it's the best the IPA, old, IPA in the country, you know? The old standby. Yeah. <laughs> best beer in the country. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. One. yeah. <laughs> So what do you think makes Bell's different than any of the other jobs that you've had? Or just even the other craft breweries that you know about? Like what makes Bell's different than other places? Well, I mean, I haven't worked at any other breweries. (laughs) So I can't speak to some of those other cultures. But like, I think the culture that we have here, you know, the the family culture, um, you know, everybody can hang out together like that's why like being being a bell's employee is kind of like i don't know still kind of a a badge of honor i think um because like yeah like it you got to be a certain person or a certain type you know right but we can all hang out together so i think like i don't know if it's psychologically or whatever but just like we're we're all similar in, in in certain ways but we're all so different in a lot of ways but we've got great diversity, and when we come together, we can do really awesome stuff. 
Um, and we've got this pub, you know, we can come down here and hang out and drink some beers and share our stories. And I think that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there are so many different people and so many different perspectives at, at work that you, um, you know, while you're working, you might not be able to get into, but then the, the way the culture is, it's like, all right, well, we're, we're done working now. Let's go downtown and have a shifty. And then you start talking about one thing and then everyone is just talking about their own passions and interests. And like, yep. I, I, from my perspective, it's like the jobs that I've held, like I've never really been um, like this close with coworkers before to the point where it's like after eight hours, I still want to have a beer with them at the end of the day. <laughs> and so like, that's, that's sort of a rare thing I think for a company to have where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I still want to hang out with this person like eight hours later. Well, yeah, I mean, like we have our professionalism and, you know, we wear that hat when we're at work and we can right. do that. And then like, you know, we can take that hat off and let our hair down, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and like you learn the other side of that person or, or just more about them. And just we well, all have about depth. other departments too. Sure, like sure. what other people are, like, what did you do today? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. And yeah, I, you know, Dr. Luke was probably a good example. You know, he comes down here a couple times a week or once a week. But like, you know, I love I love talking hop stuff with him and watching watching the fire in his eyes light up. And he's like, oh, I, we could we could. Oh, I got this experiment kicking in my head. And like, oh, dude, <laughs> that, like that would be sweet. We got to do that. We got to do that. And like, I think we're all driven that way where we're like, we have great ideas. And I think I think that comes part of like that that Bell's ethos where like we're all driven that way. And, and uh, it's also a culture where the people will listen to those ideas if you have them. It's it's definitely not like um, like you know you are my subordinate, right? And like I'm the higher up, and what I say goes. Like if you have an idea for something, or you think something should maybe be done differently or could be done better, it's definitely a culture of like listening, and it's like, oh, yeah. okay, that's a, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a strong case within the leadership, you know, like the leadership roles. Like, I think it's really important to listen to everybody and you're not going to get, you know, that fresh idea yourself, like most likely, like that's going to come from somebody on your team or somebody else or some other interaction, like to have that light bulb moment. And it might flip something for you, but like it takes a fresh pair of eyes sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I think the big thing I've noticed about Bells is just the way the morale is here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's different than most any other place I work. People are excited to come into work, and you can tell people like their jobs, and they're not just doing this because they need the yeah. money. They're yeah. actually passionate about it. Oh, and totally. It's, it just makes coming to work so much better when you know the people you're sitting next to are as thrilled to be there as you are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And no matter what they're doing, too. Right. You know, like, you know, I know we had the 12-barrel the system was kind of, kind of commissioning a little bit yesterday and they were monkeying around with that, the new system out at Comstock, the specialty line, I guess you'd call yeah. it. Um, you know, and like Lou and Mallet and Straz, you know, they're all kind of st staying there and watching their little baby grow. And like, we all do that in, in whatever our little way is. And, you know, it's exciting to just look around and see people doing the same thing. The whole idea for the uh, 12 barrel system came up as, as part of a much larger discussion. That's Director of Operations John Mallett. And that larger discussion was, was always, you know, we have these fantastic, um, we have a fantastic brewing program here at the brewery, and 
as we develop beers from small to big, the route that we've used is brewing beers downtown. And that system downtown, you know, that system's been around for a while. I mean, Bell's Brewery has had it for probably at least 25 years now. Um, and it brews, you know, 15 barrels. We often run it as a 10. Uh, could run a little less. And that system is, is, you know, is good. We make good beer on it. And then when we bring those beers to Comstock, they change a little bit. It's just the difference from the ways that the, the, the level of automation and the way that the, the mash and the word are handled. And so the idea was, wow, if we could develop beers on a, on a smaller scale than 50 barrels that then translates to 50 barrels, that makes it a lot easier. So the decision was then made, like, if we're going to do this, we should do it in Comstock. So we've got good translation through there and, and be able to use these spaces. So once that decision was made, we said, hey, we're going to build this new system. and Who's going to build it for us? And, you know, pilot systems are kind of quirky things because we're really trying to emulate something that is big on a smaller scale. And the problem with that is like, if you think about making, you know, baking a cupcake versus baking a, you know, a regular cake versus baking a really big cake, there's some, there's some things that change there. And so designing that system from scratch to get it to the place where we'd be able to translate through was, was our real goal. After determination, who was gonna build it? All of the engineering concerns that go in there, like what are the ratios and sizes and how are we going to do this and what are the controls look like? This new system is running on all of the same software and the, even the base technology behind it is, is the same as those larger systems. Overall, it's been a fantastic project. I was just overjoyed to see us finally making word out of the system. I mean, it came in and it got set up and installed and it started up very quickly and uh, so far everything looks looks fantastic well i think we've got time for maybe one more question and then uh we can wrap it up uh what do you think is the future of craft beer it's a loaded question (laughs) so loaded wow (laughs) um i think the future of craft beer is going to um continue to rise i think it's gonna kind of slowly rise though um and not everybody's gonna gonna make it through, um, but I think, especially Bell's, I, I feel like we're we're just super well positioned in the market, and in a, in a market that's becoming more and more, I feel homogenized. I guess like sure, like I feel like the the big corporations are starting to like try to scoop up craft breweries, yep. and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the rare thing about Bell's is that you know we we, we wear that badge of like completely independent and family yeah. mm-hmm. owned. Yep like very very proudly so yeah i mean i sent a email to our president and ceo today and i had a response within hours you know like right is that i don't know if that's the case everywhere right just like (laughs) that that sort of access to be able to like yeah hey i have a question for you yeah or if i see a sweet jaguar and i take a picture of it i'll I'll, like literally text it to to larry you know like be like hey this one's pretty sweet (laughs) you get a response like hell yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah pretty much you know yeah it's cool that we're we're doing such big things but still has that feeling of closeness and community that you know you don't get at a larger corporation right right absolutely yeah but like i think beer is here to stay I mean, it's been around for a long time. I don't think it's going anywhere. It, 
it weathers the storms in all markets. Yeah. You know, um, you know, wine's been around probably equally as long. Like they've <laughs> got more wineries than there are breweries. Like right. there's no reason to think that all those wineries are just going to disappear. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't, but I don't think we're going anywhere. Like I said, we're, we're well positioned in the market and, um, yeah, I feel confident with, you know, my career here. Awesome. Well, we would like to thank, uh, Jake for stopping in and kind of taking part in our little experiment here. Well, thanks for doing it. I mean, like, I think yeah. this is awesome. Like I, I would love to do this. Like, I don't know. On well, the reg. Once, <laughs> once you get bit by the podcasting bug, you don't get unbit. It just, right. it just, you know, you just want to do it all the time. And I think it's such a great medium for conversation and, you know, explaining sure. to our fans, kind of giving them a little bit of a behind the scenes look at, mm -hmm. you know, what we do and what we stand for. So I tried to do a blog once, you yeah. know, and it, cause like, I just wanted this kind of a creative outlet and I was doing yeah. some photography and like trying to do, like just write about the photos and, and that sort of thing. And, and now that I've got this position here, it's like, man, I, I'd love to just like write or talk about more about what we do at Bell's yeah. that way. Like, I think that'd be just awesome. The kind of work we do kind of pushes you to be creative because you just want to share with everyone. You know? yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and build some awareness. And I know I've got some room to improve the awareness piece on how we manage the grounds and, and the hops and everything else. And we're going to be working on that over the next year or two. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, Absolutely. for talking to us about this. Yeah, yeah. It's probably time for another Too Hard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this has been The Shifty with Nick and Maddie. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. <laughs>